I think this is the first time in a lot of our lives where we have to actively try to be social. Yeah. A lot of the other times we were just kind of forced into social situations, going to a workplace, going to school, et cetera. Like this is the first time where we have to actually actively try and be social with people. I'm stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams or running away. Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, get to talk about the challenges that we face, whether that's in regards to your physical health, your mental health, uh, your personal life, your work life, any entrepreneurial stuff you're going through. And a lot of the times I get to talk to other people as well and hear about their perspectives, the challenges they've faced, and kind of the ways that that's kind of helped shape them into the people that they are today. So, I have had the chance to speak with Zach before. You've heard him before on my show. You've heard me before on his show, Black Jacket Philosopher. But we're going to chat again today, basically just starting off the new year, starting it off and and just kind of chatting about different plans that we might have for this year or a review of last year. I haven't really – I don't really have anything prepared for this one. I don't know if you do. But, Zach, why don't you just tell people, like, where they can find you, what you're all about, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for the intro. Um, like you said, my name's Zach. I'm actually, I met Mark at uh, a job site, a construction site that we both work at. I'm an electrician. He's a framer. Um, but it was kind of cool because I found out pretty quick that he had a podcast. If you know Mark, you know he likes to talk. So he was talking about his podcast and uh, he kind of really lit a fire under my ass to start my own one up. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's probably my bright spot, you know, apart from I had a, a child who was born four days before our local lockdown, but it's one of my bright spots of 2020 is starting a podcast. And I, I, uh, I wouldn't have had the kind of the guts to do it if it wasn't for Mark kind of kicking me in that direction. So, uh, you know, thank you. <laughs> that was a lot of, a lot. Thanks to you. Dude, it's, it's really sick. And I've seen like your podcast, there's certain aspects of it that are growing much faster than mine. And I think like, dude, you got a really good direction going with yours. And uh, I just really like the topics that you get to talk about, man. I got to congratulate you. I really like your podcast. Thanks, man. And like I said, like a lot of my motivation and inspiration came from just talking to you and especially the idea of, uh, of not really worrying about what other people will think or, you know, whatever naysayers or whatever, whatever kind of obstacles you're going to face that way. I mean, I think, I think you've kind of expressed it as well, but I, I can get self-conscious at times. A lot of it's, you know, about speaking your mind and opening up a little bit. It's not always the most comfortable thing to do, but it's, uh, yeah. So it, that's been kind of the biggest obstacle, but I'm, I'm working my way through it, you know, day by day. (laughs) That's sick, man. What did you find? Like was the most difficult part about just getting started and like, I guess, how have you dealt with that? Well, first I'm, I'm pretty bad with technology. So that should go to say that if anybody, if, if that's what's holding you back, if it's worrying about uploading episodes or getting content saved and recorded, that's, that's actually the easy part. And that's one of the things that scared me the most. So that was the kind of the original kind of superficial obstacle. But then after that, it's just kind of the idea of, of putting yourself out there. Like it's, it's nerve wracking, you know, it's weird. Like I'm, I'm not really worried about what a stranger might think or somebody who's just stumbling onto this content. It's more, it's more like friends, right? Like I know me and you have discussed at, at job sites, kind of the difficulties or the frustrations in just getting things off the ground, right. And trying to work through your own head. A lot of the time, that's where you build up your own obstacles. But I, uh, I found 
for me anyway, yeah, the, the biggest one is just opening up and letting kind of your thoughts and your feelings out there into the open, especially for family members to pick up on, you know, I have nine siblings. So <laughs> I've got a lot of a lot of immediate family and a lot of uh, extended family as well. So that was kind of the biggest obstacle. But now it's just, uh, it's trying to stay consistent. I think that's the key to any kind of growth in anything. And it's kind of, if I, I, I know that we kind of share the same idea, but I'm, I'm not a huge believer in New Year's resolutions, but in at least setting goals that are obtainable and you can kind of compound and grow with them. So that's kind of the, uh, the basis for me going forward is just trying to stay consistent with the podcast and to try to see some, some consistent growth. That's about it. Yeah, man, it's such a difficult thing, especially like the getting in your own head thing, man. Like there's so many times where I'm sitting here, maybe editing an episode. It happens a lot more with the episodes that I do just by myself. Typically yes. with interviews, like I'm completely fine with just uploading it right away. But mm -hmm. there's times where I'm sitting there editing footage and I'm, I'll, I'll look at Aiden and I'll say, dude, like this is garbage. I'm going to just scrap this and maybe re-record it or just scrap it and get a new topic altogether. And he's like, dude, this is good. And, <laughs> and what I find sometimes is, dude, the ones that I think about deleting, but I end up posting anyways, are the ones that I end up getting like a message saying like that they enjoyed it. I get like the most feedback on those ones. You know, it's funny that that's kind of, I know we've talked about this obviously off mic too, is that, but I, I completely agree. And I don't even have the added um, kind of the added component of a, a video portion of my show like mine's just straight audio podcast I don't have YouTube or anything I mean if you look at the background it's pretty pretty plain Jane in my, in my basement here but uh, you know maybe one day that'll be part of it but I can't imagine yeah also worrying about what the video looks like you know I yeah I I, I completely get where you're coming from same with the uh, the conversational podcasts I find are a lot easier to just kind of you record them you know what they are and you just upload them right away when it comes to the solo ones, I find at least myself, like I'll trip on more words than if I'm having a conversation. So there's a lot of editing that part out. And um, that's, but that's all kind of part of the learning process. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you as well, but I find me anyway, in my first, first one that I did, I think I recorded for a maximum of 35 seconds at a time. You can't really hear it too much in the, in the episode, but it was so stitched together because I just kept like, I'd forget to breathe while I was on the mic. So I just yammer off a hundred words and then be like <gasps> trying to catch my breath. But it was, uh, it's all part of a learning curve, but I'm with you. I find the solo episodes are kind of the most difficult, the ones where you kind of get in your own way. Yeah. I don't know if it makes it take longer or it makes it shorter to edit, but typically like I just let my camera roll. So I'll have like 20 minutes sometimes 30 minutes of footage of me just sitting here talking to myself and mm -hmm. then I'll edit that down. And that's what becomes like kind of like the 10, 15 minute episodes that I make. That's such a better idea. And I mean, even just to the audio component, I think that would be, I, I might try that instead next time. Cause now like the way it is now I'll hit like record, pause, record, pause, you know, like to try to gather my thoughts, but I think it might be a better idea to just let it roll and then chop it all out, all out after because you're right. I, I think it's probably the same amount of time either way. Yeah, it just makes it easy for me. And then if I find that I stutter or anything, I can just like repeat whatever I said and cut it. This is like all the magic behind the scenes. Everyone thinks that I'm flawless <laughs> when I speak. No, I'm a, I, I stumble over my words. I, I'd say it's kind of equal between when I'm doing an interview or when I'm by myself. I just find that I don't have to like fill empty space as much when I'm by myself because I can just cut out the empty space I find yeah. that when I stutter in interviews it's a lot more obvious 
Oh yeah, that can be frustrating. I I hate it if you get asked a question and for me, for whatever reason, I always stumble on the word cliche. I don't know if you listen through a couple of my last interviews, I, I keep stumbling over the word cliche. I actually have it written above my desk now so that I don't forget it because I would just be like, what's an overused term? But I, I completely agree with you. And so how have you found that? Like you've been doing, is it is it tricky to, sorry, this is this episode might just turn into a kind of behind the curtain of what a podcast is, but what's um, what's what kind of thing are you really focusing on in the new year? Is it, is it different guests? Is it obviously growth is kind of always in on the back of your mind, but what are you kind of focusing on this year? Are there any certain type of guests that you'd like to draw in or have conversations with? Um, you know, with the interviews, I'm actually pretty happy with how they're going. I I'd like to just get some in person, like the second that lockdown and restrictions kind of, uh, relinquish their hold on us and we can get some people over here i'd be more than happy to just start pumping through a bunch of interviews where even if like aiden's sitting with us on the couch and me and the guests and aiden can just kind of chat with everybody i think that that would be really sick so like in terms of my interviews i think that this is like as good as it can get right now which i'm not gonna lie is really sick i really enjoy it yeah i think i might dial like in terms of goals i might dial my like solo episodes a little bit in a different direction mm-hmm. just to be a bit more not like bloggy or vloggy but just to be a little bit more in depth and in action like almost like an in action report type of thing yep just because a lot of um a lot of the things i talk about are actually putting in the work to feeling better whether that's like like in your mental health uh, realm or if that's in your fitness goals or if that's in any goals that you might have it's just getting to work and actually putting in the work and so I'd like to get a lot more footage of me actually putting in the work as opposed to just like talking about it so people can see what I actually do like kind of on a daily basis a little bit more authentic I feel like yeah well and that's one thing that I like about what a lot of your podcasts kind of the message behind it or the underlying tone of it is just that the idea that you can kind of work towards it. I mean, I think both of us have a lot of the same kind of people that we look up to in kind of social media and just in philosophy in general. And so I really like that message that you kind of put forward. And I think it would be cool to kind of see behind the scenes. Like I know you're a maniac when it comes to getting up really early and running. I'm kind of the same way. Like lately I've been trying to find a balance between uh, reading in the morning or working out because that's kind of my only time that I have to myself. So I've got about 90 minutes that I can either slot into kind of health related things or into reading, which I'm really enjoying right now. So it's, it's tricky, but I, I kind of, I can relate to you a lot in that sense in that you have to have kind of that me time set aside. And I know we're in different areas when it comes to kids. I mean, I have four kids, a wife and so I like, yeah, like even for setting up the timing for this podcast, it's kind of like flying, shooting by the hip a little bit, trying to find a time when it'll work. But I, I appreciate for you squeezing me in and it's uh yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I think one thing that I really like about your message is you have to kind of find your driver, your why behind it, and then set aside time for it, which is oftentimes the trickiest part of it, right? Is just actually finding a time to get it done. Um, but yeah, that's, that's super interesting. And that's something I think that people would probably like to see is more behind the scenes. Yeah, because like, you know, it, it sometimes it is a little bit easier for me, obviously, as well. And I have had people message me and tell me that like, it's, it's a lot easier for me, because 
I do pretty much only have to choreograph my schedule with like my roommate and he's just chilling. Like he's not even, you know, doing anything right now. He's literally chilling on the couch, kind of prepping his kind of to-do list for the day as well right now. It's kind of his quiet time anyways. But I could only imagine like with four kids and a wife trying to time all these different things, especially if you're wanting to make some growth like somewhere else in your life and you have to set that time aside, whether that is like fitness and health or if it's wanting to do some reading or if you wanted to do some research on, you know, investing or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I could imagine it, it gets a lot more difficult, but that's kind of why the philosophy behind it is so important because life doesn't stop. That's no. the reason like you have to kind of undertake as much responsibility as you can, because the one day I'm going to be in the position where I have, you know, a couple kids, a partner, and if I don't train myself now to create time for myself, it's not going to happen later on in life. Like, that's why I find that value so important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, another thing, too, that's kind of cool to keep in mind is even if you have people who are talking about how, oh, you know, you have it easier, it's just you, like you can set aside time for this. Like, you know what? I mean, there's, it's an audience for, you know, you can, you have varying audience members, right? So, I mean, like, just because, somebody might look at your setup and think it's unrealistic. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who need that kind of motivation who may be in the same boat as you, but just haven't kind of figured out how to get traction to really dig their feet in and get going. So I think that's an awesome, that's an awesome message. I mean, whether or not you have a, a lot of time to, to do it or not, I mean, it's, you don't have a lot of time either. I mean, you're, you're working, you're doing whatever else, like it's, it's setting aside that time, right? It's, it's not easy. And uh, I think that's one thing that's, that could be really, kind of good to keep in the back of our mind heading into 2021. I mean, I know at least here with the lockdowns, now they're talking about this second strain from the UK and then a third strain from Africa. I mean, who knows, right? So <laughs> I'm just, a lot of the time you, you it, we're probably going to have to dig pretty deep and kind of going to look inward. I mean, I'm reading, actually, this is a book you would love. It's by, uh, oh, who is it? It's, uh, it's upstairs right now. But anyway, it's called Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl. That's who it is. And he was uh, an ocean love survivor. Oh, you've read it. Okay. So I'm going yeah. through it for the first time. It's amazing. But really yeah, and he quotes Nietzsche and saying that, um, I'm going to butcher this, but anybody who has, so if you have a why, then you can face any how in life. And that's really like, I picked it up and started reading it on New Year's Eve, December 31st. So it's kind of, it's been a good kind of pivot point for me heading into the new year. But I think that's something that a lot of people could really use to keep in mind, as long as you find that, that driver, that reason why you're going towards whatever goal you're going to then it, it it makes the outside noise a lot easier to tolerate yeah man and without like ruining that book for anybody that's like thinking about reading it or hasn't read it yet like what part are you at what do you, what kind of what do you like about it i want to know about that because that well, was a huge oh. huge transitioning book for me in terms of mindset yeah and i think it is like right now i'm so the way the book's set up is kind of the first 60 percent of it is documenting his time in the various concentration camps and observances he had and uh but then the second half is kind of his analytical breakdown once he got out of it as far as i can understand anyway i'm about i'm probably about 60 percent of the way through that first half of the book through his trip through all the, the different concentration camps and it's man like reading it and the way that he kind of analyzes it once he's out of the situation it's it's crazy that he has that kind of clarity because the stuff that they're going through, I mean, it's, it's brutal. It makes today look like a cakewalk, you know, not that, not that we don't have our own set of challenges. I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but it's, it's incredible kind of the outlook on life that he had and the meaning that he was able to pull from it, despite going through 
what is arguably the most heinous situation we've ever known in humanity, right? And I know that you kind of like reading up on history and everything too, and it's something I'm obsessed with. I'm, it's something I may actually end up doing in my podcast because I'm trying to, you know, think of different ideas, different things to do and start to do kind of book reviews or whatever, because it's something that I find a lot of value in. And maybe other people, if they don't have the time to read it, they could at least get kind of uh, a Cliff Notes version of it through the podcast anyway. Yeah, and you could easily relate, especially books like that, to what working in the the working class is like. Because mm-hmm. that book, they speak about suffering and pushing through suffering. And like you said, like a lot of what they speak about is the purpose, the why behind what you're doing, right? And yeah. that book actually was recommended to me by a, a psychologist of mine. Oh, and really? Yeah. And it was really sick because when I first met him, I knew this was the guy that I really, really needed in my life because when the first time I met him, we didn't talk much about medication whatsoever. He kind of asked me about what medication I've used in the past in terms of like antidepressants and anti-anxiety. And I told him, and then I told him pretty bluntly as well that I'm not really interested in trying any more medications. I had a lot of like pretty terrible side effects for them. Mm -hmm. That's my little disclaimer for people. If your doctor's giving you medication, take it, but have an honest conversation with them. If you're having bad side effects, then talk to them about that as well. But that being said, when I met this guy, I talked to him about that and he was like, well, how about we talk about maybe some of the habits that you have, all these different things. We talked about, you know, my health, what I do on a day-to-day basis in terms of fitness and nutrition and my relationships in my life. And he started asking me about like, well, what kind of books are you reading? And I was like, oh, I'm not reading anything. And he's yeah. like, you don't read at all? And I was like, no, never. I'm, I suck at reading. And so that was one of the, that was the first book he recommended to me. He gave me two other book recommendations. Mm-hmm. But he's like, start with this one because it's a small book. It's a pretty easy read. Like, you'll be able to flip through it pretty quick. And that book was what turned me on to reading. And that was a couple years back. And ever since, I haven't turned back. That book was, like, instrumental in, in forming a mindset that I have now. That's incredible. And I can see why, like I, like I said, like I'm overall, I'm probably 30% of the way through the book and, but it's been, it's incredible. And I mean, it's a, it's a real page turner, like, especially if you are into history or anything like that, or even if you're just kind of interested in another person's perspective on something that was obviously horrific in, in the past, it's like you said, I mean, you said it pretty well. It's incredible kind of the mindset that people can pull out of that suffering and that hardship that they face in life. I mean, because we're all going to face it. Like, I think that's that's the biggest thing. And it's it's kind of, I don't know, it, it seems to get lost a little bit in the message today, to me at least, is rather than just trying to avoid any kind of hardship or any kind of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? I'm stumbling on a word again. Um, adversity. Yeah, adversity. or word for it. Yeah, like rather than trying to avoid that, try to kind of tackle it head on and embrace that challenge and then pull whatever you can out of it. I mean, I was reading I was reading a study about how PTSD is so much less significant in like the SEAL teams as opposed to just the regular kind of army guys because army is always kind of they're reactive. I mean, they're getting fired upon, they're atta- they're being attacked all the time and they're under siege whereas this argument that I was reading was saying that the SEAL team is always attacking. They always have a plan for what they're doing and they're facing things knowing what they're walking into, you know, rather than just 
being attacked all the time. And I found that was really interesting to hear is just, and you can apply that to any, any walk of life, whether you're military or not. I mean, I'm not, I never have been, I don't think you are, have either, but the idea to kind of face things with your eyes open and willing to really tackle that challenge rather than waiting for something to hit you next, try to have a plan as you move forward. I think I, that's what I'm trying to anyway, take into 2021. And it's something I think a lot of us fell victim to at the beginning of the pandemic is kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen and trying to react as it comes at you. But it's been, there've been so many variables and so many kind of question marks thrown our way. It's something that none of us have ever had to deal with before. So I'm just trying to find a bit of a driving force and kind of trying to attack this year a little bit more, I think, than sitting on my heels. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's one thing that I think, uh, I think can apply to this as well. Yeah, that, and I, I like how you're talking about like kind of seeking that discomfort. Like that's kind of where my mindset has been in the last couple of weeks, especially the way that I've, I've viewed like my uh, finals months of 2020 going into 2021 I kind of realized that, you know what, like at the end of the day, life is just going to throw you endless curveballs. Like if you think that, you know, life is going to bend to the whims of, of your feelings, then you kind of got to wake up a little bit. Like that's kind of what I've realized this year. You know, if you jump in freezing cold water, it's not like the, the world cares about how cold you are. It's not going to warm the water up for you, right? It's going to mm -hmm. be freezing cold water. Mm -hmm. And I find that the more you kind of front load that discomfort or seek to kind of take as much as you can possibly take at the moment, then when life throws you curveballs, you're a little bit more like mentally and physically prepared. That's yeah. kind of the way I've been viewing it recently. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, it's all about kind of preparing yourself however you can, right? I mean, you can relate it right to the the whole kind of virus right now, if you want to, or it's like, you know, loading your body with vitamins, with whatever, you know, antibodies you can to kind of, you know, promote your own health, get ready to fight whatever may come your way. I, I completely agree. I, I'm trying to, and that's one thing, one reason why I'm trying to focus on reading a lot more this year, I find. There's just so many kind of, sorry, I'm looking over at my bookcase, but there's so many different, uh, like lessons you can pull out of different books. And it's just, I don't know. They're just there waiting to be read. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. It's kind of a new challenge that I'm taking on this year. And it's kind of been the last four months now, but um, I was in the same boat as you where I didn't really read for a number of years. And then I picked up one book and they've just kind of been knocking them down like dominoes every day now. And it's been, uh, it's been good. I feel a lot better at reading now. I can get through it a lot faster and it's uh, it's not so much of a chore anymore. It's actually something I enjoy doing. Did you did you choose the book uh, Man's Search for Meaning, or did someone get it for you as a gift over the holidays? No, I actually chose that one. Uh, my wife got me a bunch of Wicked books over the holidays, so I'm gonna be I'm loaded up for a while right now. But uh, yeah, no, that one I had I had picked out. I had you know a lot of uh, you hear about it a lot on different podcasts, different psychology podcasts, and it's um it's something that I figure I might as well kind of read if it's something that interests me anyway if, if it's interesting all these other people who I listen to then it's probably a pretty good book and like I think it's even in Frankel's own words in his foreword he talks about how it's interesting that a book that's titled man's search for meaning is still so relevant today because it's something that we've never figured out like it's not something that we've mastered so that title itself kind of draws all people in from all different walks of life. I mean, everybody's, everybody's got their own struggles and it's trying to find that meaning or that driving force for you. I, I think that book should be read by anybody. I mean, I would have loved to have read that book even in 
grade school and grade 12 or whatever, kind of as you're getting ready to face the real world, quote unquote, after, after high school. But I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. It's such a good message to anybody out there really. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the most recommended books that I've heard in terms of like hearing it from, you know, the doctor that I spoke to, but also different podcasts, different TV shows. Like I've heard this book's title everywhere. And that's why I'm always like curious. I'm like, where did you hear about this? Where did you hear about this? But I think like if you're interested in history, psychology or philosophy, this book is going to like kind of crank your gears a little bit. It's, it's pretty solid, man. I don't know if I would have grasped the same value from it if I was a teenager and I had read the book. Just that's because a good point. I think that I had to be in a spot that for me at least where I was looking for meaning. And then I read that and I was like, oh, you'll kind of see once you complete the book what, what I'm speaking about. But when he starts to speak about his logos, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, that sounds good. Like I said, I'm, I'm not even halfway through it yet. So <laughs> I might be speaking out of turn and saying my high school self would like it because my 17 year old self was an idiot. So I, I probably wouldn't have picked it up or I would have looked online for the cliff notes. But um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I think, I think that's one thing I'm going to keep focusing on is reading, trying to expand my horizons that way. Um, you know, I mean, we've all got a lot more time indoors, it feels like, and it doesn't feel like there's an end to that. So I just well take advantage of it somehow. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It, yeah. It, it gets pretty gruesome in some parts though. Hey, eh? I think like the first like third of the book where you're at right now is like kind of like in the thick of the details of the internment camps, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's rough where I'm at right now. He's about one week from being released. I mean, I don't know if he's going to have any more curveballs thrown at him because there've already been one or two where the camps were vacated by the SS. This is after the Russian troops already showed up. And then the SS show up with like kind of their hat in their hand, being all nice and kind to the prisoners saying, you know, sorry, we're going to take you to this rest camp. We'll get you all your stuff back, blah, blah, blah. And then they take, you know, the last remaining few hundred hundred uh, prisoners there and just gas them all and it's uh yeah it's brutal it's but i think uh, you know i i don't think you're right maybe a high school student it wouldn't be great for them but i don't think that those kind of stories and lessons should like be left in the past and just forgotten about it's um it's really applicable and you know i i don't know who even said it but he who you know forgets history is doomed to repeat it so it's it's something that I, I, I don't know, I, I really find a lot of value in history books, especially from kind of early to mid 20th century. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's something that people should kind of pay attention to nowadays, you know? Yeah, no kidding, man. No kidding. I, I've always, yeah, been pretty interested in history. I'm pretty interested in psychology and philosophy as well. So that book was like just perfect for me. Now I'm looking over at my bookshelf here and I'm like, oh man, there's so many books this last like year and a half, two years, I've crushed a lot more books, probably than I ever have in the uh, the, the first 23 years of my life, man. Like the last yeah. two years, I've just been smashing through books. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, man. It's specifically in the last four months, I've probably crushed more books than I had in the last 10 years. So it's um it's been good. I'm really enjoying it. And it's that's why I think I'm going to like going back to kind of behind the curtain of podcasting, I think I'm going to try to start doing book reviews as well. Just, just other stuff. I mean, there's, I don't know, I'm, I'll gauge it, see how it goes with the audience reaction on the first one, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a growing, evolving thing. It's, there's no, there's no fixed direction for anybody's podcast, but I think it, maybe other people will find it interesting as well. 
Yeah, I'll definitely tune into that, man, because I'm always actually, you're one person that I'm like always actively looking for book recommendations from. I'm like, man, what did you read recently? Oh, thank you. Well, I know, I know you had read, uh, what was it, Brave New World and then 1948 most recently? Yeah, yeah. Or 1984, sorry, not 1984, 48, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Those two are, are amazing. Like, and I, I figured that you would like them, especially 1984, just because it's, you know, it, it gets into the technology a little bit more, I think, of like the in-house everything. I mean, anybody who hasn't read 1984 probably should. It's a great, like, it's a, it's a literary classic. It's by George Orwell. It's amazing. But I'm glad that you kind of, you enjoyed it as much as I thought you would. Cause yeah, I figured if, if I fell flat on that recommendation, you'd never listen to me again. No, dude, that book really was sick. And the ending for that book, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't read it yet, but the ending for that book, like the last like couple lines is like the craziest. I was just like stunned. I was like, are you serious? That's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great. I mean, and even looking back at uh, brave new world, that book was written in what 32, something around there it was about 90 years old. And for, and for how applicable it is nowadays being nearly a century old is incredible, man. Like it's, it's so cool. I, yeah, I, I, I'm loving reading. I'm uh, at the kind of threat of sounding like more than a nerd already. Like I'm loving reading again. I think, I think, I think it's just, it's good. It's kind of, it's, it's fun to get back into. It's a, uh, and I, it's helped my vocabulary. It's helped just my attention span. I found like it has different, it's kind of gotten its tentacles into different areas of my life. Right. And I feel, I feel that it's good that being able to focus on something that isn't kind of flashing bright lights at you all the time is uh, it's different. And I, I'm really enjoying it. I think, I think a lot of people could benefit from that kind of thing again, too. Man, actually, you know what, on the topic of being a nerd, I'm going to like, this is kind of a big subject change right now, but I'm just going to say yep. this, man. I find like that people that nerd out over things like quote unquote are nerds about things are like the people that are actually of substance. Like they're actually the coolest people because you know, like you always get those, like, I don't know if you've had experience with this, but like you get like those guys maybe that you work with that like either don't give a shit about what they do on a daily basis or they act like they don't give a shit about what they do on a daily basis. And then yeah. there's kind of guys like, like I've noticed that you're kind of like this, I'm kind of like this, and and the guys that we typically work with are kind of like this, where they're genuinely interested and they're passionate about what they do. They're like trying to figure out different puzzles, and they almost nerd out over their work, right? Like, oh yeah. I, I think that nerding out over like books, anything that can make you smarter or more money or something that you're interested in, I think that you should be nerding out about those things. I think yeah. it's not cool to pretend to not care. Like to not care is like, what are you doing? Why don't you care? <laughs> I know. Or at least like to find something that you really care about. Like, I don't know about you, but I like, like even at work, like you kind of, you go through like um, just whatever, the, like you're just small talk and everything when you get to a site, but then all of a sudden you'll kind of hit, you'll hit a nerve with somebody where they really start to light up. Like if you're talking about something that all of a sudden really has piqued their interest, then the rest of your day flies by, man. Like you're not having this little small talk chat, like, oh, do you see this on the news? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then like, what are you doing this weekend? It's like, oh, nothing as usual. But like when you really kind of hit hit a nerve with somebody where that's something that they're really interested in, the day flies by, you learn so much more too. I mean, like 
like even when we're working and you know you're digging a ditch or cleaning out whatever that sump pump was the other day that sump tank that you know <laughs> trying to reseal that thing and I was dealing with hydro like it's just nice if you kind of hit a nerve on something that you're actively working on especially if you can kind of it's a mutual thing that you're both interested in because then you both have a lot of input into the topic so I don't know I've, I've found that to be fun on sites too especially the last one where we were just talking about podcasting in general and kind of different struggles that we're having it with it at this point and just learning curves right I mean there's all this stuff is new. Um, you know, like I think I've told you about this before, but I have seen some like list, some meme on, uh, on social media about like what it takes to have a successful podcast. And it was just like a list of one through 10 and number one, it was be famous. And then two through 10 were blank. Like, and it's, you know, it's not that it's just all about success or anything, but it's, it's nice to kind of, I don't know, know that people are appreciating what you're putting out there, but it's at the same time, I mean, it's a grind and it's a, it's a learning process for both of us. So that was one thing that I found to be really fun is to just kind of strike that chord. And we were both talking about that for a few hours. It makes the day fly by. Yeah. And the one thing that I've kind of been realizing as well is like, especially in the last like month or two where mm-hmm. I was super busy with all of it and it, I, things that used to stress me out about it now excite me about it Yeah. again. And it's kind of like the honeymoon phase ended. And then I was stressed about certain things like kind of like keeping up with an uploading schedule and, and all these other little things. But then I realized like how much I was not enjoying the actual process of it. Yeah. And then once I realized that I started enjoying the process a lot more to the point now where it's like, man, this is so sick. I don't even care that I don't get paid to do this. Like this is something that I actually like genuinely enjoy to do. I completely agree. It's, it's, and it's fun. Like just, I don't know. It's fun just discussing different things, especially when you get like the interview podcasts or whatever. Like I've, I've said this before on mine, but, and I, I can't remember where I heard it, but basically like using the podcast as a vehicle to get to these deeper conversations like things that like you know you're not talking about this kind of stuff on a daily basis and i think i think the other most important thing too and i'm pretty sure this was rogan who said it was that as long as like the people in the podcast are having an actively engaged conversation where you can tell that they're interested in it then audiences like that too right like if if it's something that nobody's really interested in it's boring bland back and forth like nobody's going to listen to that either right so it's uh i don't know i'm i'm loving it again too i've uh, like i have a i i kind of struggle with burnout every once in a while like where i just work myself too much and then i need to take you know a week off and just recharge the batteries which has been kind of nice this last week like i took this week off work i think it's the first time in probably three to four years that i've actually taken like anything more than a four-day weekend off just because of you know, with kids and everything, you gotta, you gotta keep working. It's, it's a grind. It's enjoyable. Like Four I'm not boys gotta eat though. Exactly. Exactly. They got to keep eating. And, uh, yeah, but it's been, it's been good. It's been a good chance to recharge the batteries, spend some quality time with my wife and kids and, you know, really, yeah, really recharge the batteries. And it's been a great week. Yeah, man. Maybe yours is a little bit different as well. Like, cause you've got so many people in your house between four kids and, and your wife, but I find that I think, especially during this year, I think everyone should have a podcast at this point solely because, (laughs) no, honestly, man, solely because this is how I get to talk to people, you know, other than this, it's just me and my roommate bouncing ideas off each other all the time. And, you know, he obviously gets tired of talking to me. I talk too much, (laughs) man. So it's nice to be able to talk to other people, 
and just hear different ideas, hear different points of views, hear different aspects of life. Like, you know, we all have different experiences. Like my lockdown was completely different than your lockdown. You had a kid during lockdown, man. Like yeah. what was that even like? Oh, that was awesome. That was, that was, uh, we got really lucky because he was born on March 8th of 2020. And I think the first kind of phase of lockdown specifically in the hospitals took place. It was either March 12th or 13th. So it's four or five days that we got, we got um, kind of ahead of it, but they, yeah, as of on the 12th or the 13th, they weren't letting the dads into the hospital rooms, right? Like, I don't know. I think they kind of eased that off a little bit later on, but at the beginning anyway, they just closed it off. It was just the just the mother and then obviously the baby when they, when it was born. But yeah, I couldn't have even imagined that not being in the room for, for the birth of my kid. Like I had friends who had to go through that. Like a couple of them had their babies born in April and yeah, the dad wasn't able to be there, basically dropped his wife off there when she started to go in labor, kind of waited around. Um, but he couldn't go in that room until she was discharged. So it was a, uh, yeah, it was a crazy experience. And it's something that I think it might have, it honestly it was probably a good thing in the way that it kind of kept my mind off of uh, the lockdown for a lot of it, because you know, everything, when you have a newborn, I mean, for the first, I don't know, eight to 10 weeks, you're getting maybe four hours of sleep a night. And I'm the lucky one. Like my wife was sleeping way less than me. So I'm, I'm not complaining at four hours a night, but you don't really have anything else that you're focusing on. You don't, you don't have time to worry about anything else. So for the first probably three months of the lockdown, it was just a blur to me because it's that newborn phase. And then after the fact, then you start to look around, you're like, oh, stuff's different. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's really like coming out of kind of this haze, but it's, uh, it was good. It's, it's interesting. And like I said, like having the four kids around the house, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm used to what's going on, but I'm I'm pretty used to not having a lot of time to kind of socialize. A lot of my time is spent at home. So from that aspect, I didn't, I'm not missing out on a ton of it. It's just, it's more the nerves of uh, being able to provide for them and everything, right? Like that's kind of the biggest stressor that comes along with any of these rolling lockdowns and kind of when they deem some people's work essential, others non-essential, but I mean, all of it's putting food on your table. So to me, that's, pretty essential that's kind of the basis of being an essential job so um, as long as I can keep putting food on the table and a roof over their head then I'm I'm content but <laughs> at the same time you know it's uh yeah it's going to be a different year and hopefully we can kind of start to step out of it early in this year yeah I don't see any construction shutdowns in terms of like us not yeah. being able to work that is kind of one of the nice things about being in the trades or a tradesman is that yep. you're you're pretty much always able to work at the end of the day, like you've said before. Like people's lights need to come on. If they, yep. if their lights aren't working, they they got to get them on, right? That, yep. At the end of the day. So, what like out of this whole like lockdown? Now that we're going into 20, 2021, we're done with twenty twenty. What was like your biggest takeaway from the year twenty twenty? Like what? Do you, how are you gonna? I guess, implement that into the way that you act or behave or think this year? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it's trying to be pretty compassionate. I think that's one thing that I think a lot of people have kind of taken out of this is, you know, everybody's in a different situation, clearly. Um, like, I consider myself pretty lucky that my job hasn't been impacted up to this point and that I've been able to provide for my family. I mean, um, we aren't we aren't living in excess by any means. It's not like we had some big vacation that was planned for this year that we can't go on. You know, we don't do vacations every year or anything like that, but, um, but we've been 
fairly, you know, we've been lucky that way. And that's kind of the way I've been kind of approaching it. And that's what I'm trying to, you know, I mean, a lot of the thing that worries me the most is just the idea of all these tip lines and people kind of turning on their neighbors and stuff. So I'm just trying to be compassionate, trying to keep in mind that everybody has their own situation that they're in and, you know, being respectful of that. And, and um, yeah, just trying to extend kind of the same common courtesies that I'd hope to receive from people out to others as well. How about you? Like what, what are you trying to take forward into 2021 that you've learned out of this year? I think you kind of nailed it with just being a little bit more, not just like compassionate, but also grateful as well. Like, yeah, like blessed feeling. I like the fact that you're like, man, I feel lucky. Like I feel kind of blessed that way. I feel like we weren't hit that hard. I feel like that's the mindset that I've, I've kind of taken as well from 2020 moving into 2021. I feel like there's just so many of us that are kind of in the same boat as you and I, where we have noticed and been able to witness the fact that we are super blessed, the fact that we are super grateful. Maybe you are like fortunate enough to continue to work and maybe you're not and you're able to, you know, maybe transition jobs into a new career or you've gotten some support from the government or you've gotten some support from family members or friends. But like at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of interesting to see that though there are like kind of these tip lines where you can start snitching on your neighbors. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of kind of camaraderie within society as well this year. I find totally There's a lot of as much division as there is. And that's kind of something that I've complained a lot about in the past with how divided the, our community was yeah. in terms of just kind of like everything was super polarizing in 2020. Yeah. I'm a lot more open-minded to listening to other people's opinions at this point than I was at, at, you know, this time last year. And I, I, yeah, I agree. And I feel a lot more grateful for like the little things that I do have in my life. Like just being able to kind of talk to my parents, see my parents, you know, I know a lot of people that haven't seen their family in, in a long time. So I'm fortunate that I get to work with my dad. I know you're kind of in the same boat, so I don't have to be separated from my parents right now. It's, it's really cool. I'm pretty grateful, man. Yeah, I completely agree. I, yeah, I would echo all those sentiments again, too. I, I, I think the same thing. And it's kind of funny, though, how it did shift, because I remember at the very beginning, we had in our townhouse complex, there was like a, a donations box, because if you remember the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, but when like nobody had toilet paper, nobody could get paper towel or anything like that. I remember there was a big like bin set up by the mailboxes. And we had, you know, everybody would just kind of stockpile whatever extra anybody had. There's 60... 67 units i think in in our townhouse complex so everybody would just kind of contribute to it and then you'd take what you needed and you'd kind of put back whatever you had extra it worked awesome and we probably had it going for about two months there in the spring and summer um but then it just kind of felt like for whatever reason you're right that kind of divide started to set in a little bit um but i'm i'm with you i hope that kind of moving forward everybody can kind of just relax and really try to come together a little bit more and yeah just be a little bit more understanding yeah, it's it's funny because you can hear pretty much every single perspective on the face of the earth in social media right now. You could, <laughs> yeah, you could log yeah. in and you can hear people say that that was the worst year ever, ever. You could log in to Instagram and you could see that some people are saying that it's the best year ever. Yeah. You, know, you can see people that are logging in and they're saying, x y and z about people that wear masks where they're saying a b and c about people that don't wear masks 
Like there's so much, you can see so much polarization, but you can see so much camaraderie and it's so funny, man. But the only real way to, I feel like get an actual temperature on society right now is to have conversations like this or when you are out, like maybe pumping your gas or maybe when you are out on your commute to work or you're getting groceries, like just kind of like flipping a smile over to somebody and saying like, Hey, how's your day going? It's, it's pretty interesting to see that people are still pretty friendly a lot of the times, you know? Oh yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of putting a face to it. You know, like I know that you like to have your guests close out your show. I guess I do listen to all of your episodes. So I, I, and I do have to get running. So I'll probably just kind of roll this into my closing thoughts, but what I, yeah, like that's one thing that I know I've, I've talked about with other people as well. And I feel really strongly about is it's just when you're talking to somebody online, I mean, you'll say the most heinous shit to somebody, stuff that you would never say in person or even even in a podcast like this like we're not side by side but i'm talking to you i can see you through the computer screen right so it's it is way more personable that way and uh it's just i don't know i think if there's anything we could kind of take from this and move forward it's maybe you know pump the brakes a little bit with social media and like you said just talk to people whether it be in person or in small groups or you know through video chat like this but you can really make a connection and you're not just kind of you know yelling at somebody through your computer screen and you can't pick up on any kind of subtleties or nuances you don't know anything about them like yeah the the most frustrating part it just feels like is if somebody online kind of uh learns one idea that you have or one perspective that you take they'll attribute all this other stuff to you and it's like well no no that's not me like i'm I have, I'm a fully formed person. I have opinions on different things, but it's, you know, you're never going to get to know that through a computer screen. So I think you're right more face to face time, even through screen like this, because it's obviously tricky with the lockdowns and everything, but it's, uh, it's good to kind of put a face to the people we're talking to again and really try to build up those personal connections as best we can. Yeah. And to, and to actively, like, I think this is the first time in a lot of our lives where we have to actively try to be social. Yeah, you know, a lot of the other times we were just kind of forced into social situations, going to a workplace, going to school, etc. Like this is the first time where we have to actually actively try and be social with people. Yeah, and I'm sure like I'm sure you kind of share the same sentiment, but you're looking forward to even like an extended family get together. Like I used to dread them, right? Like like I, you know, I used to dread a family reunion and now I cannot wait to have one, to have a a big one all together again. Yeah, or like work meetings or like all the boys show up at the job site kind of deal. Like just little things like that. Like I'm excited for a busy gym, you know? Like I'm excited just to see all my buddies in the gym again. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. And I think think kind of changing our perspective on it, I think it could be really good moving forward kind of as things do open up again. I think a lot of us, if we kind of take an honest look at it, have gained a lot of gratitude for things that we used to take for granted. And I think it's, uh, I think it's just going to be great moving forward. I'm really looking forward to basically like the first few months after all this stuff is lifted. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm hoping that it's in the summer. I can just picture going to Kitts beach. I can picture, (laughs) you know, hitting all the little restaurants around that area. There's patios. I think that that's going to be a pretty bumping spot. The second they start opening up Vancouver, man. Hell yeah. Like it's, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's just, uh, yeah, I guess it's just, just being patient until that gets here and trying to, yeah, trying to be positive until we do get there. Even last summer, actually, when we were working in kits at, mm-hmm. at the place that we were working at, when I met you, 
yep. after after work every single day i was jetting off to the beach and e- even though the restrictions were on they were kind of light and so yep. we were able to just go and chill at the beach but the second those restrictions all get lifted and people start easing up a little bit more i feel like that's going to be so much more fun man Oh, yeah. I can't wait until nobody has like the kind of stress hanging over their heads about what's going on or anything like that. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be like I said, like for me, it's a little bit different with the kids and everything. So for them, I just can't wait to, you know, get together with all their cousins again, get together with my cousins. And uh, it's, it's going to be a blast. Like, so that's, I'm kind of keeping that like, keeping that goal ahead of me anyway, and trying to, yeah, trying to orient myself to that as we move through this year. Beautiful, man. Well, out of respect for your time, I know you got a jet pretty quick. You know I don't like to do my own outros. You kind of already did give your little sentiment, but if you want to throw in one more little uh, spiel of positivity, motivation, inspiration, whatever it is, and just tell people where they can find you, what, what kinds of things you talk about, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. Once again, I know that my schedule is a little bit tricky to track down sometimes. So thank you for being flexible. Um, Yeah. So for again, just to kind of reiterate, I would really encourage people to make those personal connections with each other. I mean, um, it's really easy to go online like we were touching on and you can kind of find any kind of varying opinion and you're going to find 50% of them probably you're going to disagree with and 50% that you're going to agree with, but just kind of you know, uh, take a step back. Um, that's one thing I kind of alluded to when saying that I, I kind of liked getting into reading because it wasn't, it wasn't something that was just flashing lights and flashing information at me. It's nice to kind of, you can really feel a slowdown in pace, but at the same time, you, you kind of expand and deepen your knowledge base. So I'd encourage people to kind of read, um, to build those personal connections, try to back off a little bit off social media if possible. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I'm addicted to my phone half the time and it's a real conscious effort to get off of it. But um, yeah, I, I would challenge you guys to go into that into 2021 and just try to be a little bit more thoughtful and understanding with people. Everybody's going through their own challenges right now. You know, we're all in the same boat here. Um, and then if for finding me, uh, you can find me at plaid jacket philosopher. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, although my Twitter isn't very active. Um, I'll get on that if I ever get followers, but <laughs> you know, that's how it is. Um, and yeah, the podcast is also Plaid Jacket Philosopher Podcast. And most of it's kind of geared towards blue collar, working class people, tradespeople, and just trying to kind of expand on, you know, a lot of the talks that we have, I mean, me and Mark are both tradespeople and these conversations we get into on a daily basis at work. It's just, it's kind of, meant to open it up a little bit because a lot of us were just dealing with customers half the time and it's a lot of small talk. And so it's just kind of deeper conversations, but for working class and tradespeople. That's sick, man. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor having you on again, being able to talk to you. And I'm glad that you had a good, uh, good holiday, little week there, a little bit of time off and time to spend with your family and your wife, man. I'm really happy for you, man. Congratulations. Likewise, man. And yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll have to do this on my show shortly yeah you guys will have to tune into the plaid jacket philosopher podcast because i'm going to be on there asap we're going to figure it out this week and then uh i'll let you guys know on instagram and social media all right so thank you so much for everybody that listened to this thank you zach peace out have a good day have a good week have a good month and a good year go out and kill it peace out